Welcome back to the podcast. Well, you know, listeners to this podcast will know that John Piper preached through the entire book of Romans in 225 sermons. Incredible. The series took him eight years and eight months to complete, spanning from the spring of 1998 to the end of 2006. All 225 of those rich messages are collected together and can be found online under the the series title, The Greatest Letter Ever Written. That's what you want to look for, The Greatest Letter Ever Written. The series is also the most epic John Piper sermon series ever recorded. And I know many of you have listened to it all, and uh, as you do, you'll come across a, a bunch of little nuggets along the way, like this clip I want to play for you today, sent in by a listener to the podcast. In the following sermon, Pastor John gets into the uh, topic of how do we ensure that our daily Bible reading discipline is authentic and not rote. The topic arose in the series in a sermon titled, Let Love Be Genuine on Romans 12, verse 9, preached on November 21st, 2004. Here's Pastor John. Let's begin with some thoughts here now from Romans about how to read a text like this in a way that changes us deeply. There are 13 exhortations in just verses 9 to 13. So, suppose you get up in the morning and you've set yourself like a good Christian to read your Bible before you head off to work. That's a good idea. You should do that. So, you've set yourself maybe to read a few chapters or let's say Romans 12 is included. It may take you three minutes to read through Romans 12, which means that you give maybe 15 seconds to these 13 commandments, 13 exhortations. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Don't be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Seek to show hospitality. Thirteen in five verses. You've read them, 15 seconds on them, close your Bible, pray, off to work. How many of them can you even remember? I mean, are you now fired up and totally engaged and renewed in all 13 new areas of your life? Is that the effect of reading the Bible in the morning? It doesn't work like that, does it? So what are we supposed to do? Because Paul didn't write that just to tickle our ears. He, he didn't just write those things for nothing to happen. He really means all 13 of those exhortations to become reality. And as we read them to become more and more reality. And as we preach on them to become more and more reality. They aren't just there. So we need help for what to do with the Bible. So that the Bible becomes powerful. Changes us, right? This isn't written for nothing. So to get help, turn with me to chapter 15. I asked the Apostle Paul, Paul, you got any help for us here on how to read chapter 12? And Paul said, yes, it's here in verses 15 and 16 of chapter 15. On some points, I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder. Stop there. Just realize that the Bible for veteran Christians is mainly repeat. I will never read a new thing in the Bible. I've read the Bible dozens and dozens of times, every word of it, over and over again. I'll never see a new word in the Bible. 
I pray that I will see new reality, new truth, new power, new implications. But the words, I've seen them all over and over again. Reminder, don't ever begrudge a small group, a family devotion, a Bible reading, a sermon that is sheer reminder of what you already know. Because God has things in those old familiar truths that you never saw yet. Things to change in you haven't been changed yet. So just be aware, the Bible is mainly reminder for old Christians. And that's crucial for living the Christian life. So Paul says, I've written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given to me. So know that the Bible is a gracious gift. Paul was graced to write it for us. Don't neglect it. Verse 16, to be a minister. I have this grace to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. That's us mainly. In the priestly service of the gospel, so that, here comes the reason for writing this down and doing this ministry. Why do we read Romans 12? So that the offering of the Gentiles, so we're now treated like an, a worship offering, rem, should remind you of chapter 12, verse 1, present your bodies to living sacrifices, which is your spiritual service of worship. We are being offered up by the Apostle Paul as worship to God as we're transformed into the image of his son, God's son, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable. So Paul has written Romans so that you and I would become more acceptable. Is that word acceptable ring any bells from chapter 12? Verse 2, be transformed so that you may prove what is acceptable. Embrace the will of God, acceptable. And when you do that, this is happening. The offering of the Gentiles, verse 1, offering, worship. Verse 2, transformed to prove what is acceptable. This is happening by the writing of Romans. So when you read it, this should be happening. And then comes the all-decisive phrase, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. You know and I know reading the Bible has zero effect on our lives apart from the Holy Spirit. If, in fact, we try to do the Bible without the Holy Spirit, we become colossal legalists. Counting our own moral resolve. I can do this. Watch me. Instead, what we need is the Holy Spirit. So now, I have drawn out of these verses three things that help me read Romans 12 life-changingly. I want to be changed by these messages. I want to be changed by verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. I want to be less hypocritical after I read that phrase. How can I do that? What will make the difference for a word, a little phrase, to suddenly have life-changing, powerful power to make me less hypocritical? more free and authentic and genuine and real in my love. And here are my three guidelines for how to read that. One, pray as you read. 
Because if the Holy Spirit is the one who takes the Bible and applies it to us so that it really produces an an alteration in our whole demeanor and our way of seeing God and our way of treating each other, then we should ask him. So when you read, you pause, you say, oh, Holy Spirit, come make this real in my life. Do whatever you have to do to make me humble, to make me authentic, to make me loving. That's the way you pray. It's real risky. Last night, just before we walked into the service, a band of us, several of us, just gathered around in the choir room downstairs, downtown, where I preached this last night. And we said, and there were mm-hmms and amens all around, as I said, Lord, whatever it takes, death, loss of job, cancer, whatever it takes, Take away my hypocrisy. Whatever it takes in this church, whatever it takes, do it. Because we want to be real. We want to be Christian. We want to, we want these words in Romans 12 to become reality. We don't just want to speak words and have love be in word only and not in deed and not in heart. So pray. That's number one. Pray as you read the Bible. Do this in my life. Number two. Look away to Jesus as you read the Bible. As you read Romans 12 and you hear, let love be without dissimulation. That's the old King James word. Or let love be without hypocrisy. That's a good literal translation. Let love be genuine, ESV. When you read that, say to yourself, no way I'm going to pull that off. I'm a born hypocrite. I love the praise of other people. I know I'm not perfect. I'm always putting up fronts. I want to be a loving person, authentic. I don't want to play at love. Therefore, I look away from myself. I look away to Jesus. He was born and died to forgive all my hypocrisy. He modeled for me the perfectly transparent life. He has now taught me and given me a goal to aim at. And he is my satisfaction, my forgiver, my model, my treasure. When you look away to Jesus, that satisfaction that comes from him is the, is the ground and root by which you become free from Hypocrisy. So that's number two. Look away in faith to Jesus, not to yourself. Number three, slow down and meditate on these words. I know this is tough because uh, on the one hand, you hear a message coming from this pulpit. Read the Bible. Read the whole Bible. Get your discipleship journal reading plan and read the Bible all the way through in one year. Well, you're on a lickety split pace to get through the Bible. And here I am telling you now, slow down and meditate on the first half of verse nine of verse of chapter 12. Now, what in the world are you supposed to do? Read through the Bible or meditate on verse nine? What do you want me to do? And the answer is both. And I don't know how. (laughs) I just know I've got to read the Bible fast. I've got to read the Bible slow. Because if you don't read the Bible fast to get through it in a year or two, you can't get the big picture. You can't get the whole terrain. And yet, if you don't slow down, here's the analogy. This analogy has been with me ever since the first jumbo jet was made. You can remember that. Most of that in your lifetime, right? The first jumbo jet with a big hump on the front. How can they do that? A two-decker plane. Unbelievable. I remember that. 
So I picture this thing flies about 560 miles an hour, and it flies really high, you know, 37, 38,000 feet, and I pictured it flying over Florida and all these orange groves. And you look down, and you could just you could almost see the whole Florida, and there's an orange grove, and you say, wow, that's an amazing orange grove. Very nourishing. Really tastes good. Really gives me energy. Wrong. It doesn't. You just... And that's the way we read the Bibles. But it's good to see Florida. It really is. It's valuable to, to see Florida in the Bible. But if you never land that thing in Orlando, and don't go to Disney World, go to the Orange Grove and just start walking through the Orange Grove. Here's verse 9, first half of the verse. And you pause under the tree and you pick that one. And you look at it. That's a beautiful thing. Let love be genuine. I wonder what that means. Would I love to be like that? I want to be like that. Holy Spirit, please kill the disease of hypocrisy in my life. You gotta slow down. You gotta meditate. You gotta ask, what does it mean? How does it relate to my life? How does it relate to the other parts of scripture? And all the while praying, oh, make a difference, make a difference. In my life. So, those are my three guidelines, which I think are implied in chapter 15, verses 15 and 16. Word and spirit. Word, verse 15. Spirit, verse 16 of chapter 15. We read the Bible. We pray for the spirit. We savor it. We linger over it. We look away to Jesus. The reason looking away to Jesus is so crucial is because the Holy Spirit, according to John 16, 14, is given to glorify Christ. So if you read the Bible with view to doing it in your own strength, the Holy Spirit will keep his distance from you. If you read the Bible looking away to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I want you to be magnified. I want you to be displayed in the kind of loving person I become. The Holy Spirit kicks in with power because he's there to magnify Jesus. So powerful. That line stands out. Lord, whatever it takes, death, the loss of a job, cancer, whatever it takes, Lord, take away my hypocrisy. Wow. What a bold prayer. This clip was taken from one of the 225 Roman sermons of Pastor John in a sermon titled, Let Love Be Genuine, preached on November 21st, 2004. It came in from a podcast listener named Daniel. Uh, As you listen to to Piper Sermons, send us the clips you find. If you've got a good one, email me. Give me your name, hometown, the sermon title, the timestamp of where the clip happens in the audio, and uh, tell me how it impacted you. Put the word clip in the subject line of an email and send it to me at askpastorjohn at desiringgod.org. That's an email address, askpastorjohn at desiringgod.org. God is always enough for us because he is always self-sufficient. It's a wonderful and worshipful theme that we are going to press into as we close the week out. Don't miss it. We can't hear this enough. God's self-sufficiency and what that means for our happiness in him. That's up next time. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. We are rejoined in studio with Pastor John for that on Friday. We'll see you then.